Hello, TTB community. I am Bob Demena, and here with me, as always, is the unbreakable Elliot Chibley. Uh, each week, we like to bring you insight from travel authors, adventurers, conservationists, digital nomads, tour guides, and some of our very own personal travel experiences. This week, we were bringing you the Travel Bites episode. And if you're listening to this and you have travel news that you found interesting uh, and want us to discuss, please either send it to us in a direct message on Instagram or at thetravelersblueprint at gmail.com. And we will gladly break down that news article and give you a shout out for sending it to us. As Bob said, we have the monthly travel bites. We've got a few plane stories. Uh, not great. Some are okay. And then we talk about some frontier, some of frontiers, all you can fly summer pass. We talk about Machu Picchu. We talk about Airbnb. It's a hot topic again. Uh, and then a really interesting semi-private jet company. And then the last two articles are about the TSA and the, or the second to last is the TSA. And then the last one is about American Airlines basic economy versus economy. All right. So, so the travel tip of the week is to, uh, when you're booking a flight, spend the time really reading the small print associated with American Airlines basic economy versus normal economy. And we'll break that down later in the show. And before we get started, if you find us interesting, please consider giving us a review on iTunes. If you love us, we'd be forever grateful if you could subscribe to the show and share some of our social media posts as a story on Facebook or Instagram. Remember, we post clips and images of these podcasts to our social media platforms. And every week, we encourage you to give us feedback and ask any questions that you have for our conversation or any future conversations. Lastly, please consider some of the awesome travel products we offer. How do you organize and plan your trip? So if you like to keep your trip organized like we do, you can use the travel journal and planner that we developed for our very own personal travel experiences. This will allow you to record things like the dates, the budget, the top destinations, the currency exchange rate, the time difference. It has a fillable calendar and it provides you the ability to write out your entire itinerary by the hour. In addition to that, it has a place to store reservation information, a packing list, a to-do list. And then at the very back, it offers you space to journal about your trip. You can find this travel journal planner on our products page, and once you download it, you have it forever, and you can reprint and refill it out for every trip you have moving forward. Now, if you do decide to purchase this, we encourage you to reach out to us with any tips to make it better. To help compile all of your info for the journal slash planner, we turned ourselves into cartoons to create a five-part video course that provides a step-by-step -step process to create the ultimate itinerary, including number one, navigation, number two, booking airfare, number three, blogs, research, and reviews, number four, itinerary building, and number five, safety, cultural norms, and thoughtful travel. The goal of this video tutorial is so that you can become your own personal travel agent and learn how to be planned efficient trips now and forever, all the while saving you money to splurge on a nice meal or first class seat for your next adventure. Yeah. And now, so if you still think that planning your trip is a little bit too much, or you just don't have time to sit down and actually do it, I can personally plan your trip for you using all the information that we just mentioned. If you're interested in this, please send me an email at thetravelersblueprint at gmail.com or visit our service pages on our website, and we can meet over Zoom to discuss the details of your trip. You want to contribute to the podcast? If you work in the travel industry, you can join us for a travel roundtable discussion by submitting your information through the TAT form on our website. You can also send us a travel article via direct message or at thetravelersblueprint at gmail.com for the monthly Travel Bites episode. 
Support us by wearing us. Go to redbubble.com to find awesome gear and merchandise of the Traveler's Blueprint. Some of the cost comes directly to us to help support the podcast. We definitely recommend the hoodie and the hat and maybe a sticker or a travel mug. Whether you purchase a product from us or just want to learn about travel alongside us as we interview our guests, know that we greatly value your support as a listener of the show. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. All right. So I watched the video of this first article and I, I could not imagine the feeling of being on an airplane, looking out the window and seeing fire. Uh, yeah, not doesn't make you feel good. No, no. And and I believe most of the passengers did not know that there was anything wrong. Um, but video from this guy, a passenger named Corey McIntosh, it shows flames on the plane. And then you can hear children in the background, I guess, just as part of part of the, the passenger group. Um, yeah, that'd be terrifying. Yeah. Before they actually landed the plane, the captain, I guess, walked the length of the aircraft and told the passengers that they would be making an emergency landing. And then when they actually landed, the, the, all the people, I guess, were more aware of what was going on. And that's when the fire truck showed up. Um, ultimately, everybody was fine. But just one of those scary, scary aviation moments. That yep. was a near miss. Another one. Another um, one. <laughs> yeah. Next article. A United Airlines uh, <laughs> took off from Hawaii and nosedived shortly after takeoff to just 775 feet above the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. yeah. Very lucky. And so from reading the article, um, it was only a 10 second plunge. Yeah, so it was a 10-second plunge, and they lost about 500 feet in altitude. So I could not imagine the feeling that you would like, – do you think it felt like a roller coaster? Just a – but, you know. Yeah, death, like like anti-gravity almost. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, man, I could not. I could not imagine. I still hate turbulence. I can't tell – you know, I've been on so many airplanes, and yeah. turbulence still bothers me. We had – I had a very windy flight just last week to Detroit, and it was just – the whole descent the whole descent so as soon as we started to decline or you know lose altitude mm -hmm. from our main flight you the wind was just pushing against the plane the entire half an hour it takes to descend to the airport or yeah yeah yeah, yeah so they were yeah. descending at a rate of almost 8600 feet per minute wow and yeah. then the crazy thing is it was the pilot's fault and it yep. wasn't actually a malfunction. They were able to determine this with confidence because the plane did not land. They just leveled it back out, started to ascend again, and, and just went on, on their route and then just continued on. To San they didn't Francisco. even land. Yeah, they didn't yeah, across the whole ocean. They didn't even I mean not the whole ocean, but the the Africa. Yeah. The fact that they felt so confident to not land it, I mean, I guess that makes me feel better that they're able to make that determination because I don't think that they would have risked it. Right. No, so I agree. Yeah. yeah. There, in retrospect, I think the the determining factor on why they nosedived was that there was an incorrect altitude set after takeoff, because normally you would uh, input autopilot and altitude, and then it would ascend to whatever that is, thirty five hundred feet, and they think they accidentally set it back to the airport elevation. Yeah. So it wasn't oh, even on man. autopilot yet. Yeah. No. No. And. Oh. That had to have been so scary. So oh, scary. yeah. All right. Uh, this next one is uh, 
you know, Frontier is now jumping on the subscription model bandwagon. Um, you can join Frontier for normally what's priced at $999 per year. Um, and it automatically renews every year until you cancel it. But they're giving a summer pass for $399 um, for United States international destinations. You can get this deal from May 2nd to September 30th. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's where the flights, that's that's the 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 time frame for the flights that you can get the four hundred dollar pass for. Um yeah, it's pretty cool. And I think they do offer an annual all you can fly pass, and that's typically a thousand, and then the renewal is two thousand. Yeah. After that. And it's flights to the United States, Mexico, the Caribbean, and Latin America. And then they're also now jumping or adding uh, Puerto Rico to that. Pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Um Next up, one of our favorite destinations on the entire planet. Yep. Machu Picchu is reopening. Um, so Peru has been having civil unrest, something politically. Elliot and I don't really know the details of it, so we don't have an opinion either way. Something with the president, something political. Um, and there's a lot of civil unrest there that we won't get into. But what happened on January 21st is that when the civil unrest broke out, 400 tourists were at Machu Picchu and they had to be airlifted by helicopter to the city of Cusco, which I'm then sure they either flew back to Lima or went somewhere else. Um, but yeah, pretty, pretty big deal and glad to see that it's opening. Again, yeah. Yeah. I mean, great... I would, I'd be curious to see if anybody was allowed in, like in terms of maintenance staff, pretty much have it to yourself for two months, yeah, a month and yeah. a half. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That'd be really interesting. Um, all right. So next up Airbnb, and this is an interesting article, and I, I really want to get into it a little bit in terms of numbers here, but nightly rates shot up 36% in three years. So that was a 2019 study to a 2022 study. And a lot of stuff has happened in the meantime and in between that time, right? So 2019 pre-pandemic, 2022 is now sort of back to normal levels of travel. Uh, we're in a inflation economy and everything is higher cost, but there was a $2 billion profit for Airbnb last year in 2022 and $319 million in profits coming from just the last three months of the year. And there's a lot of factors going into this. And Bob, I think you said one of those was that Airbnb went public recently. And so you think they're trying to bolster their profits to appease public traders? public investors not trying i mean they have to right that's part of the deal uh yeah they don't really have a choice and and something that i think in airbnb's defense so i'm a fan of airbnb i i think that there's a lot of value in the service they offer versus a hotel especially now as someone who travels with children being able to have a multi-bedroom apartment or home with a washer and dryer with additional space beyond what you get with a hotel with a full kitchen there's a lot of value in that if you're traveling with a fam with a family. Um, in addition to that, on the flip side, as a single traveler, you can rent a couch in a shared apartment unit for much cheaper than you would be able to get a traditional hotel. So Airbnb is not going anywhere. And people I know seem to be outraged that their prices are going up. What we can now see is that they're still extremely profitable and it's not deterring people like 
I kept seeing getting posted where people were fed up with Airbnb. The prices are outrageous. The cleaning fees are outrageous. That all may be true. Um, compared to 2019. Compared to 2019. But it, it's it's the service offer. Yeah, there's still a lot of value yeah. in, in using Airbnb. Well, and what this article doesn't really talk about is that 36% higher average daily rate compared to 2019. I'm not sure if it factors in that now in 2022 and 2023, Airbnb's nightly rate accounts for services and cleaning fees so mm-hmm. that it is a comprehensive nightly rate and not just the Airbnb's nightly rate. And then when you go to book, you see that there's a $400 cleaning fee that bumps it up by like 30 bucks a day. So they did change that now. So when you're on map view of Airbnb, you're getting the total price at the end. That's But that's what I'm saying right, is that 36% right. they, they, of factor of the right, difference between know. 2019 and 2022. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In addition to that, there were 900,000 new listings last year. Yeah. That's a 16% increase. Yeah. 6.6 million listings on Airbnb around the world. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty amazing. The company's doing pretty well. I'm actually yes, it is. upset with myself to this day that I did not get them on their IPO. Um, I still may, you know, based on these numbers, it doesn't look like they're hurting. So maybe there's still time. Maybe, uh, maybe. there's always time there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up, this one is one that you really like. So why don't you speak to it and get us started? Yeah. I, so I've been thinking about private jet companies for a, a little while, just like the, the operations of them, who uses them, are they, how costly are they? But this jet company, JSX is actually a semi-private company that actually allows you to charter them for, it's a private airline, and you can charter them for roughly the same cost as an economy flight. Now, it saves a ton of time because you don't have to go through the TSA. You don't have to wait through terminals. You don't have to do anything. You basically show up 15 minutes before the plane leaves, get on, and you're on the runway and leaving. It seems like an incredible advantage, even if it's like a $30 or a hundred dollar difference in terms of, uh, flight cost. If you're saving two or three hours on both ends of it, that seems worth it. I wonder what their charges for like a checked bag and things like that. You know, if you're a family and you have several checked bags that can get pricey so I'm, i wonder what, i'm pretty like, sure there isn't because it's a it's a private airline it, yeah it doesn't say that they charge you for anything so <clears throat> some of the numbers that do that they did provide one-way fares can start as low as 179 dollars, but it fluctuates based on route just like anywhere else yeah um, well and I, I can answer your baggage question right now they they allow two permitted check bags up to two up to 50 pounds each plus wow, okay. one personal item that can fit underneath the seat in front of you Okay. Yeah. Pretty sweet deal. Did you say the name of the company? Yeah. JSX. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. So the only, the only downside to us East coasters is that they're primarily currently in California and like the Southwestern U S like Arizona, Colorado, Utah. Um, you can go to the link in our show notes and check out where they fly, but they actually have one international destination in Cabo San Lucas in Mexico um, and they have a few destinations on the East Coast, which is Westchester County, New York, Orlando, and Miami. And then everything else past that is west of the Mississippi. Yeah, I would love to see these little smaller regional airlines pop up around the country 
and to sort of challenge and take some of the market share away from the major corporations like American Airlines and Delta Airlines, it would be amazing. So, uh, so Elliot and I, for those listening, are in the um, mid mid Atlantic area. So we're talking Philly, DC, New York, Boston. If we had an opportunity to have a small private airline for a few hundred dollars fly us to those cities just regionally and you got to mitigate a lot of the security processes and it's cheaper um it's more comfortable that would be fantastic and, yeah. and to have those additional options rather than always having to fly american always having to pick between american delta spirit frontier you know it's the same one so that's well, i like and that not concept. only that but because it's a smaller plane you have basically any airport in the u.s available to you like those regional smaller airports become available right 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 so like you don't have to land at the big ones yeah yeah um all right next up Guns and airplanes, uh, <laughs> 6,542 guns were intercepted by the TSA last year around the country. Um, that number is is roughly 18 guns per day, and it's at an, was at an all-time high for the United States. Yeah. Uh, it, it's fascinating. And that's the ones intercepted. That's the ones to see. intercepted. Oh, yeah. I'd be curious to see a stat. I mean, there's no way to know how many actually right. get through. Right. I'm sure some probably trickle through. Um, one that I found fascinating. So on February 17th, the TSA posted on their Instagram this rifle. Uh, is it an AR? It's something along those lines, military style rifle. It had a 30 round magazine loaded into the gun. Plus the individual had five additional loaded magazines, bringing the total to 163 bullets. Um, that's insane. So the person was, uh, um, obviously handed over to security. This happened in Louisiana. I don't know what gun, gun laws are like, but I believe they're pretty lax in Louisiana. So the fine for this is $15,000 max. Um, and you lose the ability to get like pre-check, I think for a certain amount of time. Yeah. It's a five-year ban on TSA pre-check. And then the law enforcement of the who has jurisdiction in the area of the airport is ultimately the responsible for giving any additional um, filing any additional charges against you. So for New York City, it would be steeper current, you know, criminal charges than somewhere like Louisiana. So I don't know what actually happened. And I want, I'm really curious to hear this individual defend themselves and what their intent was to bring a loaded AR with five additional loaded magazines on an airplane. That's suspicious to me. Uh, not saying that there was ill intent, but it's suspicious. So, yeah, just interesting. How do you, like, how do you forget that? Yeah, how do you accidentally try to walk through with a loaded AR with five loaded magazines onto an airplane in yeah. 2023? Um, yeah. Yeah, seems odd. Seems odd. Anyway, yeah. our last article is about basic economy on American Airlines versus economy. And yes, there is a difference. And Bob, you kind of experienced this when you were booking some flights for your come your trip this year. You want to mm -hmm. get into some of the details? So there's a there's a bunch, but the main ones, the ones that were important to me, and I encourage you to look this up for yourself. The ones that were important to me um, were about the checked bag, selecting your seat, boarding time, and then flight cancellations. So first up and so i guess yeah so american airlines decided to separate their basic their 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 general economy area into two class systems 
Um, you have basic economy and then I guess like normal economy. So the basic economy for my flight specifically to Scotland were $200 cheaper per ticket. And so I went with that option. And what I lost out as a result of doing that was the ability to check any bag for free. Where you did, I believe, you might have gotten one free checked bag per ticket with the upgraded economy. Now I am an American Airlines credit card holder, so I do get one checked bag for my entire um, like booking. So there's that. So if you need to check a bunch of bags and it's going to then equal more than what you, you're saving buying basic economy, maybe the basic doesn't work for you. So that's something worth looking into. And the charges vary depending on where you're going. Um, the other one is, can you select a seat? You can, but it's an additional fee. So again, you need to decide if you want to pay the additional fee to select your seat, which is like $30 or pay you know, the extra $200 per ticket to be able to have all the other options available to you. Now, if you're traveling with children under 15, they automatically will put at least one adult next to the child. So you still have, you're still going to be with your family to a degree. Um, and then the seats are no different. They're the same space and all that stuff. So uh then it's just a it's just a yeah. tiered system what about boarding boarding you have you're you're like one of the last to board um you're back in group nine which is the last and now again if you book with an american airlines credit card you automatically go to group six which is where i'll be for my flight um and then cancellation you don't get to cancel unless there's something major so you can cancel within 24 hours of purchase but then after that um American, if American changes your flight schedule by more than an hour, you can you can cancel it. Uh, if you if someone that you're supposed to be traveling with dies, you can cancel it. Um, military orders and things like that. I, so so you should be pretty certain you're going on the trip if you're going to book basic economy because it seems like it will be very challenging um, to lose or to 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 get a refund. So yeah. a lot to consider there. And if you're going to book basic economy, it's definitely worth looking at looking into it before you do that. Because you you don't have the options available that yeah. I think it, most people are normally you normally get right. This stuff so, is so annoying. Yeah, I, yeah, in my opinion, I yeah. I mean, I get the that there are some advantages to this, and that the reduced cost could help some people, but the complications with it, the fine print, it's all just it to me. It just seems like their way of trying to penny pinch a little bit more for their bottom line. Absolutely, yeah, and, and it's that's not, why it's not advantageous. It to the customer no no and that's why we're pushing for maybe like a nice regional private airline absolutely jsx you listening yeah all right so that that's it for this month's travel bites episode coming up this month the guest that we are having on is uh mark van honacker uh he is a pilot and author of several books um we're going to talk to him today about uh, his experience flying around the urban world and sort of how he perceives um, travel as a pilot, but then as a fan, like a big backpacker and a guy who really likes to explore cities. So we're tying those two together and it's going to be really interesting. Um, that's it. If you like us and you want to support us, uh, we we do really appreciate it. You can do it in a financial way by donating as little as a dollar a month through the link in the show notes or on our Instagram page. Um, but if you would be willing to like our posts and share share us by word of mouth that would be incredibly awesome um thank you for listening to the podcast we truly do appreciate all of you uh, and stay stay safe and stay healthy and tune in next week